0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bolick, your host. And today we're talking about time management and planning and organizing. And this, I would love to tell everybody, is my most favorite topic, but actually it's becoming more of a favorite topic because it's a weaker area of mine. And so I've spent a lot of time working on this particular area and self-improvement and spent actually a lot of time, energy, and effort on my part with this to become better at it. So, in that regard, it is actually a sort of a very interesting and favorite topic of mine because I love to improve and get better, and I feel like since this is a weaker area of mine that I've spent a lot of energy and effort trying to get better, so I kind of like to talk about it. So that's what we're doing today. So we're actually doing several podcasts where we talk about how to improve yourself overall as a professional and to grow as a professional. Our tagline at PDT is grow more, do more, be more. And we help therapists improve and grow as therapists and as professionals, as well as helping all of our little PDT peeps get better in their areas of speech and language and occupational and physical therapy. So in that idea and concept, we are doing some podcasts related to how to help you grow as a professional. And we actually did a podcast on goals and goal setting and goal development, and then also on commitment to continuous learning and how to really think about that topic and the broadness of that topic. And so now we're doing one on time management, as well as planning and organizing and how Good planning and organizing skills helps you to manage your time. So, and let me also say here that time management is a core competency of ours as well as planning and organizing. So we actually have 12 core competencies here at PDT, and one of those is time management, and another one is planning and organizing. But today, thinking about time management, I can't really plan to manage my time without some planning and organizing. So mushing those two together, but that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about planning and organizing related to other things and other future podcasts. So today, time management, planning and organizing. And you really can't have one without the other because if you haven't thought ahead and planned and sort of organized and thought about what you need to do with your time, then you really can't manage it. So in the past, one of the common mistakes I've made is to sort of fly by the seat of my pants or sort of be reactive with my time, just sort of react to whatever is coming in versus, you know, plan and prioritize and me decide how I'm going to handle my time. So I often refer to this as a tail wagging the dog versus the dog wagging the tail. So for a lot of my professional life and my experience with this is I have allowed the tail to wag the dog, which means I've allowed for other things to manage my time or I've just been reactionary in my time. Reacted to everything with the same level of priority versus me deciding where I was going to spend my time and how and prioritizing what needed my attention. And I still struggle with that. I find it easy to get off track or what I call sideways or out of my lane or whatever you want to call it. But I find it easy to get off track, basically. And so if you allow some planning and organizing, then you can better you know, manage your time. So that's the first thing. And the first thing is you have to actually understand that to best manage your time, you have to have a plan and you have to organize your thoughts and prioritize. So the first thing to do is you also have to have some kind of calendar tool. And this kind of sounds sort of simple, but you have to write this stuff down. If you don't write things down, and when I say write it down, it can also be electronic. But, you know, you can take it old school if you want to and use a day planner. I mean, I love a day planner. I've used one for years, but now I have moved to the electronic age. And so on my phone, I've got a calendar. But also for therapists, your calendar is sort of built in with your electronic medical records, Basically, all medical practices are moving to an EMR system, and your calendar is automatic, electronic, and built in there. So if you use that for your patients, then that may be how you want to keep track of your calendar. If you want to use Google Calendar, which I use, or a lot of people use Outlook, you can do that as well. One of the struggles sometimes I have is I have an EMR system, and so I'm using that for patients and keeping track of my patients I'm seeing and that kind of thing. But I have to sometimes coordinate that between my Google Calendar. Some EMR systems will let you use the EMR, and it'll transfer over to your Google Calendar, but some won't. So you may have some coordination there to do with calendars. But either way, you got to have a system, and you have to have a tool to make it happen. And I also say this a lot at PDT. Sometimes people forget that the computer they're using for EMR is a computer. It's a tool. That's also your phone. Your phone is really not a, it is a phone, but it's really a computer in your pocket. So use it for what it is and don't forget this thing's a computer. So make it work for you rather than you working for it. It will do what you tell it to do, but you got to tell it to do stuff. So do that. And it sounds pretty simple, but you know, you forget or my experience is sometimes I found myself forgetting that I'm carrying around a computer in my pocket. But I use a Google Calendar. That sort of makes sense to me. I can use it. I'm good at it now. And I use that. So whatever you use, find a tool and make friends with it and figure out how to use it and then use it. So that's number one. So basically find a system and use it. So after you've selected a calendar device or tool to use, then you have to prioritize your time. And so how do you know what to prioritize? Well, to answer that question, the first thing you have to understand is what you do. So, for example, here at PDT, our therapist, what we do is we provide the best therapy we can for that child who walks through the door. Why we do it is because we believe that each child is somebody's most special person. And for that period of time that they come in to our office and they work with us, they are our most special person. And we have an opportunity to work with each of these kids and these families so that they can go and live their life and do whatever they're going to do. That's our what- we provide the best therapy. And our why is an opportunity to help serve these children and families so they can live their life. And then one of the hows is good time management skills. But to really understand how to prioritize, and that's a key to time management, you have to understand what you do and why you do it. So if you're not sure what you do, you're going to have trouble prioritizing your schedule. But if you understand what you do and why you do it, then the priority is very clear. So for us, for therapists, Our priority is seeing kids. That's the main thing we do. That's our main purpose. That's why we get up in the morning and come to school. We see kids for therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy. Our admin staff helps basically gets that paid for. And to get it paid for, they take referrals in, they schedule kids, they get authorizations, and they get the claims paid for. So the main purpose of our admin staff is to get these claims paid for so that our therapists can keep seeing these kids. One can't happen without the other, and one is just as important as the other. So that sort of breaks it down. So you have to be really clear and really understand your purpose. And then it's easy to figure out your priority. So for me, my priority is seeing kids. So what I do is I take, Stephen Covey uses this example, but you take the big rocks and you put them in first and then you add in the little rocks and then the gravel and stuff. So my big rocks are seeing kids. And I chunk my day in terms of how I see the kids. And let me say this also at this point in time. If you understand what you do in your priority of the day then it prevents you from being overwhelmed because I hear from maybe people that start with us brand new right out of school and in the case of myself there's times when in my schedule in my life I've been overwhelmed but a lot of times this happens for brand new graduates they feel very overwhelmed at first and it's a lot of what the problem is, is they're prioritizing everything they do is a number one priority but it's not So instead, the priority is seeing kids and sort of that helps simplify things and it helps decrease the feeling of being overwhelmed. So the main thing I do today is I see kids. So again, let me go back to this. I chunk the where I go and how I see the kids into various parts of the day. So for example, I'm not gonna, Seek a child in the clinic and then go out to a home or a daycare, then come back to the clinic and go to a home or a daycare. I'm just going to see all my home and daycare kids in one chunk section of my day or week, and then I'm going to see all my clinic kids in one section of my day or week. So that might be a whole morning of clinic and an afternoon of outreach, or it could be a whole day of clinic, and then the next day would be all outreach. Or we also serve several schools and contract sites. So I wouldn't go from one contract to another contract site and flip-flop all day long. I'm going to chunk my time. So I may spend my whole morning at a school and the whole afternoon at a different contract site, for example. Say you're at one place every day, all day long, then you also have to chunk your time. So that the time that you're treating patients is all morning, and then you have a lunch and you do paperwork, and then you see patients all afternoon. And then at the end of the day, you may have opportunity to do more paperwork, or you may have a slot of paperwork time right in the middle of your afternoon or right in the middle of your morning. But prior to that, you're seeing kids or patients, paperwork, kids' patients, lunch, kids' patients, paperwork, kids' patients. A little bit of paperwork at the end of the day, seal that bad boy up and rock on. So that's chunking your day. But if your priority, your big rocks are seeing the kids Then it sort of defines during your day when you can get your paperwork done. Your paperwork is also a priority. You have to get your daily notes done. If those don't happen, then the therapy session, in essence, really, if you didn't document, then in essence, the therapy session really didn't happen because you don't have anything to prove that it did besides you saying, hey, I saw the child. So you have to get your paperwork done. That's a priority. But seeing the kids is a main priority. And then if you chunk that, number one, then it makes opportunities and times to get the paperwork done, which is also a priority, but it's easier to chunk that in next that's your next biggest rock after you see in the kids is your paperwork so if you do that and this requires some planning time so you got to sit down you got to think about your whole week your whole day and really plan it out but if you start with your priorities and get those big priorities in first then it sort of defines some time for the next largest priority and then so on down the line because not everything you do all day is a number one priority if you think that it is then you're not understanding exactly what you do and why you do it. Because if everything's a number one priority, then it's not, it can't be. So sit down and think about what you do and why you do it. And if you are not sure, then you need to give it some time, energy, and effort and try to figure that out. So what we do as therapists I see kids. That's our priority. Our admin staff, it gets it paid for. And so various parts of the admin staff, they have to do different things during the day. Like the main purpose of our people who are at the front desk of our clinics is they've got to keep those schedules full because those therapists have to see kids. That's the main number one thing they do during the course of the day. And then they prioritize on down the line. And then that's also an example of chunking. And that's again, really, let me say this one more time. That's how you prevent feeling overwhelmed. And so if you are feeling overwhelmed and you're like, oh my gosh, I just can't get done every day. I'm overwhelmed. I feel like I work all day and I spin my wheel, I don't have anything to show for it. Then number one, you need to take 30 minutes, hour, sit down, quiet time, plan your schedule, look at everything you have to do, prioritize your schedule, and then you'll stop being so overwhelmed. It's key to being a good professional. It's key. You have to do it. Also, if you're not exactly sure then, am I chunking this right? Am I not chunking this right? I, okay, my priority is seeing kids, but which kids are them first priority or second? Or am I supposed to put one contract site over another, or I don't really know where you're working, but you also can ask others. Like, you know, the coworker beside you that's been doing this for two or three years, they don't have to be a therapist that's been working for 20 years to get the right answer for this. You know, you can ask, like, the person you're sitting beside it to at lunch is like, hey, look, you don't look so overwhelmed. So how are you doing this? So use other people. I call those roundtable discussions. Also, use who's ever in charge because they probably got to be in charge by having good time management skills, I hope. And also leverage technology because that's what technology is. A computer does what you tell it to do. So most EMR systems and computers they've got, or schedules, they've got color-coded options. You can color code things. You can, you know, repeat schedules, recurse schedules, all kinds of stuff. Put notes in your schedule on, under different appointments and stuff so you don't forget things. I mean, you carry around basically a schedule computer in your pocket what called a smartphone so use that so leverage technology make it work for you so if you're using your technology and leveraging that to best help you and you've planned your schedule and you've prioritized and you've got your big rocks in first and so on down the line then really that schedule being planned out and organized and your priorities in there will help you stay on track and stay focused so that your schedule can get to be as close to your ideal as possible You know, if you don't have a plan and you don't have anything organized, you're really never going to get to your ideal. Another thing your schedule does for you if you have a plan and you have it organized is it also can remind you of your priorities. Because this happens frequently to myself and I see it happening to other people is other people can derail you. So all of a sudden, somebody can come to you with what is their A1 priority, but not necessarily your A1 priority. And if you don't have a plan, then quickly their priority can become yours. But if you've got a schedule and you've got your priorities on there, if if you've got that there, it's like a visual tactile tool that you have right there using it, then it actually can remind you of your priorities. So for example, you can be at a clinic seeing kids and you're doing your thing and you're on task and doing that. And then maybe you've got like a 30 minute break, you're going to do your paperwork and other therapists can come up to you and say, hey, we co-treat with Johnny and Susie. Let's talk about those kids. Now that's very important. You do want to collaborate with that other therapist and you do want to talk about those kids in therapy and that kind of thing and where you're going and what's working and what's not working and the new goal plan and everything else you might possibly talk about. But for that 30 minutes, you already had planned to do your paperwork. So if you've got that in writing and it's sort of, it's there in front of you, then it's easier to say to that therapist, I really do want to talk about them. However, I got to get these 10 daily notes done. So can I talk to you tomorrow during lunch about Sally and Cindy or whoever we just said, and we'll do it then. So it also can sort of can just remind you of your priorities during the day. Otherwise, somebody else's priority and what they really want to get done suddenly becomes yours. And then you're behind and overwhelmed and I can't get all my stuff done. And oh my gosh, I can't get all this done. And it's really not that. It's you didn't have a plan or you had a plan, but you didn't stick with it. happens all the time. I see it all the time. And it's very easy to let that happen. You have to practice this. It's deliberate, you know. To do this, it's very deliberate and intentional. It gets easier. It starts to feel less deliberate and less intentional the more you do it. And if it just starts to become a habit and something that you just do, then it really, it gets 10 times easier. But at first, it feels kind of weird because you're used to sort of being pulled in 54 different directions. And you just can't allow yourself to do that sometimes. And you can very politely not get pulled in 54 different directions. So there you go. That's really called managing your time versus letting time just manage you. And I'm just going to tell you now, this is also the trick to really becoming a great professional, not just a great therapist. You'll be a great therapist, but also a great professional because, I've seen lots of therapists. They've been working 20 plus years. They are the mac daddy in therapy. Let me tell you, they're awesome. But those same people are always late with their daily notes. They're always late with their avows. They're always running behind for therapy sessions. They're never really 100% prepared. They don't have time to return the emails and call people back and do all that. And they really have time to do all that. And, you know, they're so overwhelmed. But it's just lack of planning and organizing and lack of a schedule and managing their time. They're letting other things manage them. And, you know, you can be the best therapist ever, like I just described but if you're always late with your daily notes and always late with your paperwork, that's how people define you. Oh, she's a great therapist. Yeah, she's always late with her paperwork. Oh, you know, she does a great job in therapy. Man, she's always late with her vows. I mean, really, you worked hard for 20 years. If that's what you want, so don't let that be the thing that brings you down. So manage your time. Make it a deliberate, intentional thing, and that's just not necessarily a natural skill for me. I've had to really work at it through the years, and I work at it you know, constantly get better with. And and the busier you get sometimes, the harder it is to do. But it's that much more important. If you can get in this habit early in your career versus later, you are so much further ahead than everybody else. Let me tell you, you are looking good. You're like I sometimes say, you're breaking bad and taking names. But anyway, so it's also being proactive. It also you anticipate and plan. And that actually brings up another good point. When you plan and organize your time and you set your priorities and your schedule, Don't book yourself so tight that you have no wiggle room. It's what I call wiggle room or like white space or a little bit of cushion here and there. So, for example, if you're doing a home visit and you know that this particular parent really needs a lot of instruction or a lot of whatever, then sort of plan your therapy time accordingly and plan your time in this home accordingly. You know, don't book it so tight that you're late for the rest of the day. This may be at the end of the day, kid. I don't know, maybe, you know, right before lunch where you've got a little bit of wiggle room versus at eight o'clock, and so the rest of your day's off. I don't really know. There's other ways to manage that with communication and stuff, but just from a time management perspective and a planning organizing perspective, it's important to think about that. So you do want to have a little bit of white space or like what I call wiggle room. It does help. And that way you're not late every single minute all the time. Again, This is a very deliberate thing for me, and this is not something for me naturally that I just do. I work with people who naturally they just do, and I've actually had to take a lot of notes from them and model after them and ask them, hey, how does this work? And so I've actually learned a lot from other people that I work with that are really, really good at this. So I think now's a good time, is any, where we talk about some tips. So here's some things that through the years from one person who has struggled with Time management most of their career, but has learned the hard way, which is usually getting knocked in the head several times. Not literally, but mm, falling on your face a couple times. So here's some tips. Most of these I've learned from other people. Some of them, how many times you have to get knocked down before you finally figure this out? In my case, a whole bunch. But anyway, here's some tips. One thing in particular that whenever you're scheduling is, we've said a couple already, but you, know, you start with your ideal. Let me just recap that. Start with your ideal, work back, prioritize, put the most important things in first. You really have to understand what you're doing though and why you're doing it because you really want to, which is a tip. Is the why is what keeps you motivated? So if you're struggling all day with what you do and you're Completely not motivated at all, and it has no meaning for you or no real passion for you, then it's really going to be hard to stay at that all day long every day. So, your what's got to have some passion to it. Now, that tip I didn't have to learn so hard. That was a fairly easy one for me. But think about it even during the course of your day. There are some things that you're very passionate about. I'm very passionate about helping kids. I'm not so excited about a daily note, honestly, but I am passionate about continuing to see kids, and I can't do that if I don't get my daily notes done. So that helps me a little bit with some of my passion for getting daily notes done. Also, I'm passionate about when I do my daily notes and my time management skills, giving the insurance company exactly what they need, proving that, yes, I saw the child by documenting clearly. I'm also passionate in a daily note about making sure it's clear. If, so if a therapist picks the child up after me, they'll understand exactly what I did, but... I'm not passionate about writing a book. So when you're doing your daily notes, understand the purpose of those and why you're doing it. And that will help you with time management as well, help you write a concise, to the point, accurate daily note, and I'm passionate about getting those done so I can be done with those. So there you go. That's a tip. Also, the same thing is true for your evaluations. When you're doing those for time management purposes, you know, you really want to set a time on that. If it's taking you three hours consistently or two hours consistently to write your evaluations up, There's some time management going on with that because you really have to understand okay, you know, what does this insurance company, what does this avow have to have in it? Well, it's got to have medical necessity. When the child came in, what can the child do? What are areas of deficit? And what's your plan? That's really the avow. So, why you have to have in your avow, why do I want to see this kid? You have to, you know, justify that to the insurance company and have a plan that matches that. But if you simplify your avow and understand, what the eval's purpose is, is because you've got to clearly communicate with others the medical necessity of this child getting speech OT or PT, then it helps you with your why, which is okay, I, I got to have this eval because I've got to have a plan of care. And my why is because I really want to see this child. So that helps. And then, you know, how I do it, I write it concisely. I write it to the point without any extra fluff, and I get done with it. So there you go, so I can see more kids. So there's some time management involved in this, the small parts of your day, and those are tips to understand that. Also, tips in a therapy session for time management. You have to really understand, you know, what you're doing in a therapy session. I'm doing speech therapy, and why I'm doing this because I really want this child to succeed and grow and develop and really graduate, that's what I'm doing. I'm talking about graduation from the time they get in with me because I need to go somewhere. I'm moving forward. I'm helping this child. We're meeting the areas of deficit so he can or she can eventually move on and go live their life without the need of speech therapy because I've done my job. So I'm thinking about that from the get-go. That's my why. So in my therapy session, I want that therapy session to be as productive and I can maximize my time as much as possible. So if it's an articulation issue, I want to at least 100 productions out of that child if it's appropriate, you know, in that session. But I want to maximize my time. I want to hit those goals, you know, hard, and I want it to be fun. So your time management in a therapy session, sometimes you have to really assess how am I best using my time with this child. And remember, this is just a little aside. It's got to be fun if it's kids, because we're dealing with kids. It's fun. That doesn't have anything to do with time management. That just has to do with fun. But anyway, another tip that I have is when you're thinking about your schedule overall, say you're at a contract site or a school or where you are seeing kids, a lot of times I see people, and I've made this mistake in the past as well, as I'll go from one end of the building to the other, to the back and forth and back and forth. Try to schedule your kids that you have to see in certain areas of the building. So it's easier to get them to and from class. It's more efficient. It's easier to talk to all those teachers and people on that end of the building versus running back and forth, back and forth. And so it just helps maximize your time and your day, and you're more productive and that kind of thing. So do that. Also understand you got to you know make hay while the sun shines. And so if the kids at like a daycare or a Head Start or a contract site dealing with zero to five year olds, if they're awake from eight a.m. to noon, then That's when you see kids. You don't do paperwork during that time. That's when you see kids. Save your paperwork and your lunch to when those kids are napping because they inevitably, if it's zero to five, they're going to have nap time. So see kids during then. Also, in the course of your day, go ahead and figure out hey, who are the non nappers? If it's a zero to five daycare or head start type of situation, there's some kids in there that don't nap. So grab them during nap time and save them for nap time. Also, save your teacher communication for times when they're having downtime. So if there's nap time, that's when you communicate with parents. If in times in your school day, if you're a school therapist, then usually I go find the teachers during their resource time or at the very end of the day after the kids leave or in the morning before the kids get there. I don't usually talk to teachers during the course of the day because they're in class. They don't have time to talk to me. And I should be during that time seeing kids. So the same holds true for a school. You know, See like All the kids in your second grade wing or second, first grade, and kindergarten wing before you move over to the third, fourth, and fifth grade wing. You just got to chunk your time with your kids and chunk how you spend your day with your kids or the areas of the building. It makes your life a lot easier. I mean, think about it. In some ways, if you spend, you know, one extra minute every 30 minutes walking from one end of the building to the other, add those extra minutes up all day long. You know, you've got some time in there. Or if it takes you two or three extra minutes, start adding those up. And that ends up being like 30 minutes before you even realize it. And you've wasted some time in there that you really could have used for something different. So that's an important tip. Also, as you're driving to and fro with your home visits, you want to schedule those all in certain areas of the town. You don't want to drive to one end of the town or the city or wherever you're going to the other end and back and forth. You want to chunk all your kids in the same area. And sometimes that's hard, especially when you start a new therapist, because you really want to give the parent the time that they want in that home. And we're so very accommodating when we first start. But you know what? You just can't. Because when you do that, you're not as efficient, and there's only so much of you, and you're going to. Feel extremely overwhelmed and get more likely to be burned out. And that's not good for anybody. So, you know, if you're spending all day long in the car driving back and forth, back and forth, so you've really got to be professional and be courteous and be nice. But, you know, if a parent wants a Tuesday morning and they're on one end of the town and another parent wants a Monday morning and they're on the same exact end of that town, then, you know, you're going to have to pick Monday or Tuesday. can't do Monday and then Tuesday also, you've got to chunk your time in your areas. So that's important. I've seen people really get tired quickly and burned out and overwhelmed quickly when they don't do that. Another important tip is knowing your energy level. So you need to know about yourself. And sometimes it takes a little bit of working to figure this one out. But understand how you work and when you're most productive and when you have the most energy and when you have the least amount of energy. And just pay attention really to yourself and how you're working and then schedule accordingly. So if you're a morning person and you hit the ground running at five A.M., and you can schedule your day so that you can be in early, then be in early and start scheduling your stuff. But you may peter out about 4 30. That's important to know that about yourself. It's important to find a position where you can work, where you can work accordingly to your energy levels if you have that luxury. Other people, you know, are more afternoon people in the morning, they're not quite as. I guess productive as they are until like, you know, 11 a.m. and on throughout the day. So that's important to know about themselves also. So you can schedule yourself, even the course of your day, so you're most productive and so you get the most out of the time when you're like really energized. So that's an important tip. Took me a while to figure that one out as well. Because the name of the game with this time management is to not feel overwhelmed. So you have to use your planning and organizing and your skills and set some time to plan and organize to manage your time. So you're not feeling overwhelmed. You need to manage your priorities, set your priorities, get those on your schedule. And then that allows you time for the other tasks that you have to get done so that you're not overwhelmed. Because when everything is a number one priority and you treat it like that, you will be overwhelmed. And you just will feel like you really haven't got anything during the day. And you'll also feel unsuccessful. So the main goal of time management is to not feel overwhelmed. And that's basically what all the stuff we talked about in this podcast. So the main purpose in managing your time is so that you will not feel overwhelmed so that you can be successful. And so the last main point that I really want to make before we wrap up this time management podcast is communication. So this is not a communication podcast, but communication is huge in successful time management. You have to communicate with others about what you're doing, especially here at PDT. But in most therapy practices I know of, but especially here at PDT, nobody works on an island. Everybody has a role to play that involves everybody else. So for example, you know, I can provide speech therapy all day long, but the claims have to be paid for and the child has to get scheduled. And The front desk has to check in the patient. So I don't work in isolation of anybody else. I don't work on an island all by myself, and I have to communicate with those stakeholders and what I'm doing in my schedule so that I can be successful. Those are team members that can help me be successful, and I can help them be successful. And just a little bit of communication on time management and what I'm doing with my time goes a long way. So for example, if I'm at a school, and then I'm leaving to go to the school, and I'm coming into the clinic... If my first clinic patient canceled, I really want that front desk person to call me and tell me, hey, Hayden, you're three o'clock canceled because I can stay a little longer at that school. That's good communication because they know kind of what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. And if at the contract site, if I'm being interrupted all morning long, for example, at a school or at a daycare by a teacher, then I need to sort of communicate with that teacher and say, hey, you know, I'm seeing kids between 8, 30, and 1, so tell me a good time when I can come and find you because this is the time of the day that I'm seeing kids. That's important to do if you're the therapist out there working. You just got to communicate about what you're doing. Otherwise, people don't know, and you don't work on an island, and especially with electronic medical records, everything about the patient's chart and everything is transparent, and so You don't work on an island by yourself. You've got to communicate. So that's my last main tip when it comes to time management is good communication. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I've had fun doing it. I feel like in some ways that I've graduated because I can even do this podcast because honestly, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have picked me to do this podcast. So I don't think I'm going to get a certificate or anything, but boy, do I really want one. Anyhow, I hope this has given you some good tips. And these are some tried and true tips that I have learned the hard way just basically from 20 years of working, 20 actually plus years of working, but who's counting? Anyway, so let me leave you with a couple of questions, and these have helped me a lot through the years, so I hope they'll help you. The first thing to ask is, you know, what do I do here? What is my priority? So what do I do here? You have to be really clear on what you do. Speech therapy is an okay answer for me, but not really. The question is, I provide the best therapy I can to those children who are seeing me. That's my main thing, therapy. That's what I do. That's my priority. So ask yourself, what do you do here? And then that's your priority. And then do you have weekly and daily planning time? Do you have time in your schedule to organize yourself, to plan ahead, to look to say, hey, you know, uh, gosh, next month, there's a holiday. And so I need to adjust my schedule and plan accordingly, Uh, you know, or uh, next month, I'm taking a vacation, I might need to make those sessions up prior to or after I've gone on vacation. So do you have some planning and organizing time? If you don't, you really need to plan it and put it on your schedule. And then what do you have in place to protect your schedule or to keep it, safeguarded so that everybody else's priority doesn't become your own? What safeguards do you have in place to be delivered about your schedule? And number three, what safeguards do you have in place so that your schedule can be deliberate and stay deliberate and intentional so that things don't derail you, so things don't get you off track? So what do you have in place to make sure that happens? You can call it all kinds of different things, but basically it's safeguards. How do you safeguard your schedule and what do you use to do that? So ask yourself those three questions. They'll help and you'll be more successful. It will make you a better therapist and a better professional. So thanks for spending some time with me today and joining me on this podcast. And I will catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com that's pediatricdt.com